0: Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at slash give Thanks again for joining us and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Willing to start. We have to be willing to press start. Say this with me. Everything has a starting point. Amen. So we're going to repeat that often. Why? So that it sinks in. Because I believe today, God might be speaking to your heart about something. And it's not necessarily a business plan. It could just be where you're at in your walk with God. And maybe he's going to want you to start doing things differently from this day forward. And the question is, are you willing? Are you willing to press start in that way? In the area where God is bringing that prompting today? And so, uh, when we look at the word and at, at existence, we also realize that there was a beginning. There was a start. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 3, it says this, "...in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, and then God said, and then He spoke things into existence." We get to Genesis chapter 2. So that's the world as we possibly know it. I'm sure it looks a lot different today than when God first created it. But what about human life, human existence? Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says this about pressing start, so to speak. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. You see, you see the beginning? You see the start? God, That's God pressing start on you and me, on humanity. And then in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this, So the Word became human flesh and made his home among us. And if you read your Word and you understand what it's saying in John chapter 1, that Word is Jesus, the Son of God, who put on human flesh and dwelt among us, walked like you and I do. And this was the start of God's redemptive plan through Jesus Christ. It was the start. You see, God, he's the starter of things. He's the the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And what that tells me is, if he's the bookends, well, then he's in control of everything that happens in between. Amen? You believe it? So, therefore, I don't have to wonder... Yes, it requires faith, but I have to also have trust that if God is prompting me to start something, surely he will see me through it. Surely he's going to give me the strength and the courage. And I'm sure there are business owners listening to me in the room right now. And there was a day where you had to say, hey, either we're going to do this or it's just a good intention, a good idea. And if, if you're in business still today, well, you didn't quit. You started and you continued. So today we're going to look at the life of Abram and how literally God tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, you got to start. Where your father stopped, you need to start anew and continue going to the land I will show you. And that's the beauty of God is he's he's like our number one coach. And we, we talked about that last week, but he's a faithful coach. He's, he's able to lead us and guide us and tell us and direct us. We just have to be willing to take that first step of faith. And so my question is, are you ready to take a step of faith? Amen. And so in Abram, we look at Genesis eleven thirty one. 31. His father, Terah, left Ur of the Chaldeans for Canaan. And the opposite of start is... Let's say it again, More con- convince me about that. The opposite of start is stop. And the Bible says that he stopped in Haran. I don't know why. The Word of God doesn't tell us why. It just says that he stopped. It goes on to say that he died there. And, and I don't know why that happened either. Maybe he just lost sight of the whole reason why he got up and, and left. Some of you, I know for a fact, had to get up and you left your homeland, your province, your country, your city, your, your family if you're married, that's an experience in and of itself. When you leave your home, I was a mama's boy and even just leaving to go off to Bible school was, was a hard deal. Uh, but then just leaving the home altogether to make a new home with my wife, that was an experience. But it's, it's a blessed one. We had to press start on that when God said, she's the one. Amen. And I've never looked back. But for some reason, he stopped, and we don't know why. What have you stopped doing? What have you stopped doing? Maybe you set on and you said, I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, there's no turning back. You know, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. But maybe you've stopped along the way. And maybe what just was like a bump has now been like a standstill. And maybe you've just been at this one place. You know, my my heart goes out to you. Why? Because I don't want you to die in that place where you never intended to stop. You need to continue, continue on what you first set out to do. It's almost like when I think of spiritually, when uh, we read Revelation, there's the letter, in it and it says, "Return to your first love. Return to your first love." In all of it, maybe it has the stop maybe that means for you, it's your relationship with God. Maybe once there was a fire burning here and a passion and you were the first one here and you're like, I want to encourage so and so on Sunday and you couldn't wait to come to church. But somewhere you've stopped along the way and it's like, well, I'm going to flippantly show up and just ease my way in a little late And quickly scoot out a little early, just to kind of I get what I need for from God, and, and I'm on my way for the rest of the week. But I don't have to deal with all of the other people. Remember, remember, we are a family. Remember that we are called to do life together. We are called to encourage one another and build one another up in the faith. This is what we have to do. Therefore, please rub shoulders with one another. What have you stopped doing? What have you stopped? And it can be anything, and it can be different for anyone. But maybe you started even 2017 off really strong in the Word and in prayer. Uh, Maybe you were fasting, and you continued that since January when we did our week of prayer and fasting. And maybe you said, every week I'm going to take one lunch, and maybe that even stopped. I don't know what it is for you. But I want you to know this, that what you set out to do, God wants to see you faithfully commit. To see it through. Amen. And that rhymed. That sounded cool. You may delay. This is the reality. But time will not. And lost time is never found again. That's what Benjamin Franklin said. Apparently. You may delay. But time will not. And lost time is never found again. And so we really don't have a lot of time to waste. Life is so precious and so short. And time is a precious commodity because if you just choose to be lazy for a little bit, guess what? A whole day will pass. And if you choose to be lazy a little longer, a whole week will pass. Before you know it, you miss one Sunday. Let's take the context of church. What just was one day where I was feeling sick turned into a second Sunday of, well, I kind of enjoyed being home and got more things done in the home Turned into maybe a month. And maybe. You know. You're, you've stopped in that way. I want you to know. It's, it's not me. Pointing a finger at anyone. I'm just saying. I'm asking the question. What have you stopped? There are things that. I have to. Before the Holy Spirit say. Lord I'm guilty of stopping in this specific area. And here's the thing. God honors movement. We've said that. Time and time again. And so. And so. Uh, I always also believe this. If you're on a destination, on a journey, you know the destination. Maybe God has spoken something. Last week we talked about crossing Jordan. And we had a great time at the altar at the end of the service. Uh, Here's the reality. It's always easier to move a ship that's at sea than a ship that's docked in the bay. And it's the same thing. God honors movement. You keep doing trying your best. You keep doing your hardest, your best to be in movement, to say, God, I don't feel anything right now, but I'm just going to continue to worship. I'm going to continue to sing. I'm going to continue to worship my hands until something changes, until something happens. When you want to start a fire, I never did Boy Scouts, but I've watched enough movies to know if you rub the two sticks in, in the right way, Eventually, through the friction, you're going to start to see the little smoke. And then you're going to get your little flame that you need to start your fire. Well, what if you just said, this is pointless. I'm just going to stop because it's like I'm just wasting time. No, you keep doing what you know how to do. And eventually, you will see the turnaround. You will see the fire start again. So continue to press in. Again, what have you stopped? And time is not going to wait around for you. And so God taps Abram on the shoulder, Genesis 12, verse 1. The tap comes, and he literally says, leave, a.k.a. What, start what your dad stopped again. What he stopped doing, you're going to start to do now. And he said, leave, and not just that, he said, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family And here's the crazy part for me. Go to a land I will show you. wait, Wait a minute, God. That's unknown. I'm supposed to leave without knowing the destination? Yes. Oftentimes, that's why just do it. Just do it. Pressing start. Sometimes will not be logical. Because it has to be a step of faith. See, Abram could have said, well, Tell me first where, and then I'm going to go. God didn't even say that. And I'm glad in, in the example of Abram, he didn't even ask that. Because verse 4 was very clear. It was this. Abraham, Abram got up, and he went. And he did it. And so without jumping ahead in my notes, he gets the tap on his shoulder. Go to the land that I will show you. It's a journey of faith. And ask yourself today this question. Do I trust God enough to start something without knowing all the details? Do I trust God enough to start something without knowing all of the details? That's a question, an answer only you can provide for your situation and for your life. Did you know that you don't have to stay put just because a generation stopped before you? Think about that. Abram could have relied on the excuse of his father and said, well, if my father didn't make it as he set out to Canaan, why should I attempt to go to a land where I don't even know you're going to actually lead me to? But you're telling me to go, why should I do it? I want you to know this morning. Yes, it's good to learn from the generation that went before you, your parents, aunts, uncles, whoever, especially in the faith. But I want you to know that the tap on the shoulder can come... To you, where you don't need to hold on to the excuse of your parents. You can step out in faith because when God calls you, the most important thing is our obedience. And I remember when I had to step out and go to Bible school, I was afraid of what my dad would say to me. In fact, I had friends, my dad, he just said, if you wanna go, that's fine, but you gotta work and save up the money before you go. Why? He wanted to know that I wasn't just pressing start to quit, but that I would actually commit all the way. And, but I had friends in Bible school who actually did not have the blessing of their parents. And they still went to Bible school. Why? Because they felt the call of God on their lives. I thought, wow, that's, that's crazy. I didn't have that experience. I had the blessing of my parents to go. And they didn't, but they had to obey the call of God on their lives. Listen, listen, What God speaks to you, yes, the Bible does say honor your father and mother, and the benefit of that is you will have a long life. I want that for me. I honored my father and my mother, but I also have to make sure I'm honoring God. And sometimes I'm old enough to know if God spoke to my heart, and I'm thankful my parents had enough wisdom to see that. said, okay, well, we prefer you stay home, but if this is what God's calling you to do, you need to go. So then go. And I honor those of you in the room who maybe you you were chastised for your faith as a Christian. And maybe family cut you off as a result. I honor you today because you are here and you're, you're living out your faith daily. And that's a huge deal to God. He takes notice of that. And it brings him great joy as well. I want you to know that. And as we look at this though understand the generation before us we're not limited by how far they've gone because God wants to bring us to where no one else has gone before and and I know from the history of our church like when I when I speak with many of you you're saying I remember when I was in youth at this church the altars would be full uh, the baptism of the holy spirit and, and and the young people were were being filled with the holy spirit and That's still my desire. That's still our desire. But I'm sure that God wants to do something new in this young generation. Amen? And as an older generation, I have to recognize that. And I have to honor the next generation as well. Because God might be tapping them on the shoulder saying, you need to start something that never existed before. Or you need to continue on a journey that, that no other generation has continued. And so we have to recognize that when God is the author of the vision, that we need to get behind it and push it forward. Can somebody say amen? Whether it, it, it might look different, it might sound different, but we have to recognize if God is in it or not. And if it is God, then let's get behind it and support it wholeheartedly. Amen. And so God asks Abram to pick up the journey where his father left off. In verses and three of Genesis chapter 12, the what and why of what God is up to is revealed. The what and the why of what God is doing with this call to Abraham, the tap on his shoulder is revealed to him. And, and basically he tells him in verse two and three, "I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others." I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And that's wonderful to hear. That would give me a a little more courage to embark on this journey to a land that is still unknown. But it's not that everything made sense either. Because if you look back to Genesis chapter 11 verse 30, the Bible gives us insight... Into this one little piece of information, Abram's wife could not have children, and in fact, they had no children. So there's a little bit of insight. So, verses 2 and 3, chapter 12 yes, this is wonderful. I, uh, I'll be famous and I'll be the father of many nations. The logical question in my head would be but my wife can't have kids. How are we going to have a legacy and f- how, you know, be a father to the nations of people. If my wife can't even have a child. So you see, it's not that it was easy for Abram. Because the Lord was tapping him. In fact, it was not logical. It did not make sense. And so, uh, but what I love is in verse 4. It says this. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. So My question to you today is, are you willing to press start, even if it doesn't make sense? Are you willing to say yes and to do something, even if you don't know the outcome? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. I know in my personal life, it's an easy yes. Why? Well, because I trust God 100%. Not because I'm better than you, um, but maybe I have a little more faith from my personal experience And I know that when I say yes to God, I don't have to worry about anything else. Yes, I still wonder how, but I I know that he's going to guide me to get to where I need to go. And it's the same with Abram. And, And by the way, you might be happy for the next generation because you feel you're excluded perhaps. But take note that Abram was actually 75 years old when he started. So here's another note for you. If, you, if you like to take notes, I encourage you to do that, is that you're never too old to start something new. Oh, come on. You're never too old to start something new. Amen. Amen. And that's the reality. Never disqualify yourself, A, because you're too young, or B, because you feel that you're too old. My teacher in Bible school, I'll never forget, and I've shared it here, so I'm not going to go through all the details, but he had a nice, he had a lot more hair than me, but it was all white. He was older in age, similar to the age where we would be like, okay, I'm going to retire soon. When his tap came on the shoulder, and he was teaching in our Bible school in Rhode Island, a beautiful place, very comfortable environment, and the tap came. On his shoulder and said, "You're going to be a missionary to Vanuatu, of all places, on the islands, and you're going to go and you know give give hope to the people there where no one else could go. The last missionaries that landed on those islands, they were they were killed within hours of being there. And so, sixty-five years had passed, and the tap came on his shoulder to go, gulp. So, don't think." It's not for you if you're too young. Because the Bible also says don't let anyone despise you because you are young. But then also if you're old, don't think that you are exempt either. Because Abram was 75 years old when he was just about to get started on this wonderful journey of faith. And the Bible says, verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. I don't think I have it on the screen, but I want to read to you verses five and six because there's some further insight. And it says this, he took his wife, Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. Now what's interesting is he took everything, he took everything. What does that tell you and tell me? He had no intention of returning back. He had no intention of stopping either because he was going to go until God was going to say, "Here is the land I'm going to give you." Take note. So when you commit to saying yes to Jesus and pressing start on whatever you feel he is telling you to do, know that you should not turn back. Take the example of Abram. He's older But he takes everything he's got and he's like, we're doing this. There's no turning back. Why? Because I'm showing God that I'm all in. If I only took 50% because, well, maybe if it doesn't work out halfway, well, I can still come back. And there's still 50% to start with at least. You see, that kind of thinking robs God of his ability to to be the one to lead to guide and to bless and to cause us to flourish in that unknown step of faith that we take and here's the thing that kind of thinking actually is not even biblical because I'm thinking well God in case you fail well I still have something to lean on and I want to declare today over everyone here that God does not fail God does not fail What he speaks, he means, or else he wouldn't speak it. And if he's tapping you on the shoulder, it's because he's already identified you and a specific thing for you to do. And I want to encourage the church today, my brothers and sisters, that you are good enough. And maybe that's not a message you hear enough, but you are good enough. When I look across the room... You might see problems, you know, if, if you know family or people in the room, you might say, well, I know what they're going through or I know what my spouse is, you know, dealing with at work and all these other things. But when I look around and I believe if, if I can look with the eyes of Jesus, there's potential in this room. And I believe that's what God sees because he doesn't look at the mistakes you've done and who you were. God looks at who he needs you to be. And if you're willing to press start in that way, that you're going to see the goodness of God leading and guiding you along this path. And it is a path of blessing. I will say that. So take note that it's very important. Very important. So he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the wealth, livestock. He, was, he had no plans to turn around or no plans to go back. And we summarize all of that by saying once you start, you stay the course and you stay committed. Don't quit. And in verse 7, we finally see the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. So God was faithful to his word. He said, go to a land I will show you. It didn't take that long, but he had to start somewhere. And as he's there, he's moving along this journey. Finally, God says, this is the land I'm going to give to your descendants. And so in spite of all the uncertainties, While his wife wasn't able to have children, he doesn't actually know where he's going. Abram sees this journey through, and he sees God respond. So my question to you is, what is God asking you to start? And if he's asking you to start something, don't delay his promptings. Here's here's the reality. A year from now, you may wish you had started today. A year from now, you might look back and wish... April 30th, 2017, I should have started that day when I felt the prompting, when Pastor John started that message. I wish I would have started. I wish. I could tell you more stories personally about how that is so true. Uh, but I want to share with you today, as we wrap everything up, five things that keep us from starting. Five things that keep us from starting. You ready? Five things that keep us from starting. Number one, obscurity on the what and the why. Obscurity on the what and the why. What that means is you're not clear about what it actually is you're supposed to be doing. It, it, you're just sitting there trying to make it a logical process. And we are called to think things through before we commit to something. Uh, there is wisdom. God even supplies wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But there are many things in life that will require us to take a step of faith to initiate the process. How do we know the difference? Well, if God is the one doing the prompting to take the step, chances are that's the step of faith you want to take. Okay? Uh, Not necessarily buying 100 lotto tickets at $100 each. That's probably not the Holy Spirit doing the prompting. It's probably you or another voice inside your head saying, yes, do this. Take a step of faith. Spend $1,000 on the tickets. No, that's not the kind of prompting that we want to follow. But obscurity on the what and the why. Obscurity on the what and the why. As a Christian, did you know that when you get saved, you accept Jesus in your heart? Our mission is not... Unknown. Did you know that? And we've read it several times, but Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. And it actually says this Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. So if, if you don't have anything else from God about, about what to start, start with what you can know and what you do know. Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. Read it. Start. Read it and start. Go and make disciples. How do you do that? Well, just talk about what Jesus has done in your life. Let people at work know. Start somewhere. And as you do that, you're going to start to feel the promptings come. And God will actually say, go speak to that person now. Go talk to that person. Uh, ask your boss how, how his weekend was or how her weekend was. You might be like, well, that's such a weird question because I never even talked to my boss. Obey those promptings, and maybe God is setting up a platform or an opportunity for you to speak like you were never able to do before. Obscurity on the what and the why. In our faith, I'm thankful there's no obscurity in this simple mission that we are called to proclaim the good news. I say amen to that. But obscurity, when you don't know, that will oftentimes keep you from taking that step of faith. But if God is the one leading us to that step, then let's do that five things that keep us from starting. Number 2, indecision. Indecision, not being able to make up your mind or make a decision. James chapter 1 verse 8 says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't start with you know half your foot in the starting position. You say, "See God, look I started now, just reveal what's after. Show me the next part." No, you never even landed your foot yet. Take your step. And then start. But indecision. And here's the thing. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. What is that an example of? It's a made up mind. A made up mind. some of you, uh, not to harp on my wife, so I won't use her as an example. But some of you in the room, uh, you go to a restaurant and you spend 20 minutes deciding and asking those around the table what it is that you should order. You finally make up your mind, and you say, okay, 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 I'll have this. The waitress leaves, and then you're like, oh, no, no, come come on. And you're trying to flag them, and you be like, no, actually, I need to change my order again. You see, indecision will keep us from starting. Abram, in our example, took everything he had, and he went. Because he believed, and he had a trust in God that God would do what He said He would do in His situation. Number three, perfectionism. Perfectionism. If you're, let's say, a business startup, there are two schools of thought. One is get your product ready to go, perfect packaging, uh, everything, all every single detail ironed out, and then. You, you launch. You launch your new business, your online company, whatever it is, that your Etsy shop, whatever you want to do. And then there's the other school of thought, which says, don't wait till it's perfect. You need to start. Just ship the product. Even with its imperfections, the most important thing is to start. Because if you never start, then you're never going to start. And so there are two different schools of thought. But one of the things that can keep us from starting is perfectionism. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says this, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. And it's telling us that there will never be perfect circumstances or perfect opportunities. The best opportunity is the one you take. The best opportunity is the one you take. So make sure that when an opportunity from the Lord presents itself, you sense the tap on your shoulder that you, and I understand some people are hardwired perfectionists, Um, but I know that you have to overlook some of that. It's hard because it's hardwired in you. But there are some things that God will call us to do where you just need to start. And then number four is the fear of failure. The fear of failure will also keep you from starting. The fear of failure. It's always the what-ifs. The unknowns, right? The what-ifs. The doubt creeps in. The fear of failure. And it could be that once upon a time you did set out to do something. Once upon a time you did seek to pursue God with all of your heart. Or you tried a business venture and it fell flat on its face. It could be that. But don't let fear... Or the fear of that first failure stop you from doing it again, from starting again. In youth ministry, this is where I had my roots, my beginnings. I had a terrible first year of ministry, fresh out of Bible school. My mom died in that first year as well. But I I basically said, Lord, if this is what ministry looks like, I don't wanna ever do this. And I basically thought I was done. I spoke to a youth pastor friend who was much older than me who said, you know what? Just because you had one bad experience, it doesn't mean that every single ministry experience is the same. And he was completely right. And look, I'm still in the ministry 12 years later. Praise God for that. And... So the fear of failure is not an excuse either. However, it it will keep you from starting if you let it. You see, even Jesus, if we want to look at him as as an example, he went from speaking to thousands upon thousands of the masses of people that were around him. Leading up to the cross, he was pretty much deserted even by the close 12 disciples to where Peter denies him. And literally, he's, he's all alone going up on that cross. And we could look at that and say, no, that's failure. But see, Jesus knew I had to endure all of that for the greater thing. The journey was important because the outcome was necessary. Because we sang it today, three days later, he, he rose again. He had to do it. And so, don't let the fear of failure stop you. Jesus, by I want to make it clear, he was not a failure at all. He was on mission He knew what his assignment was. And he just said, I'm not going to concern myself with external things. Uh, Interference, if you will. I'm on mission. Number five, the last one, is the feeling of being unqualified. And I think that's the biggest one. And this is where we're going to end this morning's message on. But the equipping of the Holy Spirit is in the moment of action. The equipping of the Holy Spirit... Is in the moment of action. Oh it's not before. So in Abram's case. The word comes. But it's in the moment of action. Where God finally is able to say. This is the land. If he would have never packed his stuff. And began walking. God could have never told him. Here stop here. This is the place. So the moment of equipping. From the Holy Spirit. Is in the action. When we are moving. And it's important to understand that nobody feels like they're the one. Nobody feels like they're the one. And you might be here this morning and you're thinking, I'm unqualified to do whatever God is asking me to do as he's tapping on your shoulder today. You might feel like, I don't know if I'll make it, if I can commit. I don't know if I can see it. Through to the end until God says, yay, this is the thing I had for you. I want to encourage you today to know that God is the one who will equip you. But here's the thing. It's in the moment of action. In the moment of you stepping out and saying, Lord, I will do this. I'm pressing start today. I'm pressing start today. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. And I want to close by saying this if it's not difficult then it's not worth doing if it's not difficult then it's not worth doing so don't hold on to that excuse of it's too hard because you know what a lot of what I've done in my life I've realized it's not been easy but it it's it's been a blessing Especially the work of ministry. It's not been easy. But it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's not diffic- if it's not difficult, it's not worth doing. Everything has a starting point. Press start and go change your world. Everything has a starting point. And if the prompting is there and the tap on the shoulder is there, then press start and go change your world. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for men and women... Who will just say, I'm willing to do it, God. And I trust you in the process that everything will be met. Lest I remind you of what it says in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So put God first. What he's asking you to do, do it. And then watch how he will arrange every other concern and every other detail of your life. As we close, I do want to say this. You don't want to miss next Sunday. Um, It's Baptism Sunday. So again, if you want to uh, be baptized, you've never been baptized in water before, then this is your opportunity. Go to guest services, grab um, a form, fill it out, and then we're going to get in touch with you on Tuesday and and get ready for Sunday. It's going to be a great service. But also, next Sunday, we're pressing start on something massive Something massive. And we're ready to go public with all the juicy details regarding the rental project. We're ready for that. So next Sunday as a church, we're pressing start on something that God has said, yes, go and do it. And it's it's a big step of faith, but we're excited for it. And I encourage all of you to be present next Sunday because you don't want to miss the journey. We're packing things up so to speak, uh, in the the context of our story with Abram. We're getting things ready uh, and and we're pressing start on a fun but exciting and scary project because it takes faith to see things through. And with God's help, we're going to do it together as a family of faith. So today, uh, as we pray, I want you to consider what is it that God is speaking to your heart. And it might not even be spiritual. Please, don't just limit it to that. In your personal life, in your dreams, in the, my friend, it was a cookie recipe, but that was God's blessing. And you know what? She turns her little store, she sells coffee now, and she preaches to whoever comes in. She tells the story like it is, and she doesn't leave Jesus out of it. So it might not be spiritually, it might be practically in the, in the marketplace, in whatever area that God is speaking to you. My question is, are you willing to press start? And I want to pray with you today because uh, you need the courage to trust God. And I want to just pray that God would grant that to you so that you could see those things come to pass. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. And Lord, I know pressing start will look very different for everybody. And Lord, today we've considered what your word says. How, Lord, your tap on the shoulder came to Abram. And, Lord, he didn't question the calling. He didn't question whether he was qualified. In fact, he was disqualified because his wife could not bear children. And yet, he still got up and went in obedience. I pray today that you would grant us the courage to trust you at your word and also to obey your word. And then, God, as we step out in faith, we will see your, uh, your goodness, Lord, lead us all along the way. And God, if you lead us through to something, you surely will lead us through it. And Lord, you are faithful like that. And God, if, if uh, anyone here is struggling, I pray today we would surrender everything to you. God, even for our church as we meet next Sunday and we press start on something unprecedented for our church. God, we trust you every step of the way and we give you glory. And so Lord, we consider what have we stopped doing that you are telling us maybe to start again. And maybe it's something we've never done before, but you are speaking the word today to start. Lord, I pray we would hear what your spirit is saying to each heart, but also to your church collectively. And Lord, we would stop procrastinating. We would stop... pondering those things that keep us from starting and we would trust you wholeheartedly and take that leap of faith give us the faith to do it God give us the courage to do it I pray and Lord I thank you that when we will look back in a year's time even we will have no regrets so we give you glory God we thank you I thank you for our church and Lord, as we, uh, as we depart from this house to go into our week, I pray a blessing over everyone. Lord, who, who endeavors to start what it is that you've called us to start. Lord, we give you honor and thanks. Be glorified in our week. And God, we thank you that every blessing comes from heaven. We give you thanks and praise. We ask you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week, church. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.